0: And good afternoon from Maui, Hawaii. It's a bit of a chilly morning here. We're, we've just moved. Some of you know that Doreen and I came here a little less than a year ago and moved to a place about 2,000 feet up the volcano. We're now at 3,000 feet up, <laughs> up the volcano. And it's a little chilly in the morning, but gosh, it's beautiful up here. When people think of Hawaii as being... You know, beaches and palm trees, and, and uh, certainly it is that. But up here, it's pine forest and eucalyptus. Uh, there's rose bushes. We've even got an apple tree in our yard and not a palm tree in sight. Yet, uh, 15 minutes down the hill, there's the beach. Beautiful little place. Hope you're happy wherever you are, and thanks for being with us for this week's edition of the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. It's certainly something I look forward to every week, and I'm happy uh, to be with you. This is a public service of FocusedPassion.com, and we've been busy in the initial six or eight months establishing this webinar as a standalone. I'd like to talk a little more in the future about the larger um, project, really, FocusedPassion.com, which includes a premium podcast called finding yourself in paradise really we see it as more than a podcast we see it, We call it a premium audio program it's like a radio program I don't like what we do here every Sunday except that I'm joined by my most worthy partner Steve Snyder and uh, we focus in on personal um, and to some extent spiritual development too but really an entry point for folks that are just exploring the whole field of you know, being the best you can be, being the true self, the authentic self. So we call it a premium audio program that's available as a podcast or streaming or download. And uh, those of you who are listening live or to a replay on the web, you'll notice in the lower right of the page a box that says Unleash Inner Peace. And uh, you click on that, you can see what we're up to. And uh, we're about a week away. Uh, I keep saying that, but we keep adding new things. (laughs) We're just about a week away from the launch of the upgrade of the site. And uh, I'm excited about it. We'll be telling you more about it in the coming weeks. Also, for those of you on the web, either live today or listening to a replay, you'll notice below that uh, button, that says Unleash Inner Peace in the lower right. Three other links where you can visit my website theagelesswisdom.com the audio archives on that website, the second link, and then at the bottom the newsletter blog and comment and all the newsletters are archived here with their inspirational quotes. Not the reminders but the primary newsletter that you usually receive by email on Friday. And There's also a way to comment and I haven't mentioned that much, so there aren't many comments there yet, but know that that's a great way for you to uh, participate as well, and people can comment on the comments. Also, for those of you who are listening live and on the web, as I said just before we began, there is a submission box in the bottom of the web page where you can leave a question or a comment. Put your first name in the city where you're listening to this program, into the box, hit submit at any time, and a little later in today's class, I'll go to those ca- uh, questions and comments, and uh, that's always a fun part of every class. Then we'll do our guided imagery, and we'll call it a day. Uh, always at least 60 minutes, never less than 90 minutes, and again archived uh, forevermore. That's really one of the real cool things about the internet and uh, everything that we're up to with our computers these days is that uh, everything lasts. Every, I think I mentioned this once before, but I had a an author on my radio program years ago uh, say something to me about how good broadcasters work so hard on their content, knowing that once it was spoken, it was gone forever, unlike a print journalist whose words are in the Library of Congress and and kept forevermore. Well, it's a moot point now. Everything is recorded and everything is kept forevermore. So, again, we'll say hello to those in the future who are listening to us uh, 10 years from now or 100 years from now, who knows. uh, Pretty exciting times. I can see people in the future wanting to come back to the summer and fall of 2008 and uh, learn about these times and how we felt about what was happening in our country. I'm anxious to get to the topic today, but I'm also anxious to talk about, just for a minute or two, the election. But again, not in a political sense, and certainly not in a partisan sense. Uh, what is happening in America and the world is so much bigger than government and politics, uh, let alone partisanism. Um, or partisanship, and we're seeing in the final days of this presidential election, um, here we are just a couple of weeks away now from this presidential election in 2008, and we're seeing much made of uh, race and uh, partisanship, and it's understandable that we would, but for those of us who take a breath, uh, who relax, who understand how to access expanded states of awareness, we can see a bigger picture. I won't say the bigger picture, but our own, perhaps, bigger picture. And what's happening that a person of color uh, could become the President of the United States and one of the most powerful people in the world is just something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. And I'm really excited about it. I'm incredibly excited about it, and, and what it means, regardless of the politics and and even the particular policies, that this uh, old man uh, cabal of of white guys, old white guys, that's been running the show for 200 years plus, uh, finally is becoming integrated at at the highest of levels. And, we also have the gender factor that women are coming on board finally, and uh, I'm sure are much less inclined to war and partisan—not uh, uh, patriarchy, <laughs> another p-word—you uh, know, not so inclined to to rule by force, or as I described the Bush administration the other day, and most Democrats too in the past gunboat diplomacy without the diplomacy. It will be real nice to see the country begin to move toward the promise of the Constitution and to move beyond what we've stood for in the past everything from slavery and genocide and the concentration camps for Japanese and the Tuskegee experiment and Trina and Iraq and Vietnam and so many shameful chapters in our history. And again, to deal with the paradox of the potential greatness of this country and uh, its uh, legacy, the part of it that's, um, you know, offensive and objectionable, it's just a very, very exciting time. So, enough of that. Let's get to our topic for the day today. Which is, in the midst of this weekly program, and we do plan to be here every single Sunday, maybe in the holidays so there will be an exception, but we'll let you know in advance. Oh, remember, two weeks from today's Daylight Savings Time. But that really, that affects me, but not you, come to think of it. And I'll explain more about that later. But um, we're doing a little mini-series, uh, a little six-part uh, I don't know, a core training or it's, it's the central part of a program that I taught as a 12 session training and my goodness, even as a career training in a one year program. And the heart and soul of both of those, the 12 hour private training and the 160 hour year long classroom career training, are these six little ideas that collectively I call the fly program learning to feel like yourself, but not the self that we phony up and the characters and roles that we play out of an attempt to please others through a performance and earn from them the acceptance, the love, and uh, even the insight and the understanding that we don't really know how to bestow upon ourselves often. But... um, Six little sessions here in the middle of it all, Uh, the first one being from several weeks ago, self-love, and then two more on emotional intelligence, the second being uh, healing the inner child, and the third being what about these current feelings? So the first three of the six are all emotional intelligence, uh, self-love, and then two on hurt, childhood hurt, and current hurt. Then last week, we went to session four, and we moved into mental intelligence, and we talked last week about problem solving, and this week is decision-making. These two go together. They're both mental, and part of approaching really the only two problems that we could ever have, and this is where we begin today, picking up where we left off last week, with the postulate that maybe there are only Two problems or two types of problems two kinds of problems that we could ever have and we make problem-solving and decision-making even more difficult than it needs to be when we approach with the wrong question now maybe I maybe it was implied maybe I inferred it maybe I was taught outright but somewhere along the way I learned to approach problem-solving by asking the question, what am I going to do about this? Or what should I do? Or if, uh, maybe I would ask other people and say, uh, hey, what do you want me to do about it? Or what do you think I should do to do to do to do to do, you see? And <laughs> in the real world, what you come to understand is that that's the wrong question because if you don't know the outcome, the goal or solution, if you don't have a pretty good idea of where you're headed, then how could you possibly know what to do? So to ask yourself, what do I do when you don't know what you want? When you don't know the solution or the goal? I know we were told in school that if you knew the solution to the problem, it would be solved, but we discussed that last week. There's lots of real-world problems where I I know the answer. I know the solution. I just don't have enough money or I don't have the power. I don't know the right people or they don't know me. I know what I want, but I don't know how to get there. Last week, we talked about two different approaches to getting there, (laughs) as long as you know what you want. That's problem-solving. This week, decision-making we have to look at that other kind of problem maybe the only other kind of problem which is well what if I don't know what there is what if I don't know the solution or the answer or the goal well you ready here we go you got to dream it up you have to use a form of intelligence besides logic you see reasoning or rational thinking is almost entirely deductive which is a take-apart process and it it can show you how to arrive at a goal or a solution but sometimes it can even tell you the best goal or solution it's just that so often because of the nature of logic is deductive or reductionist or take apart thinking it doesn't leave room for the big picture for the aha for the illumination of eureka of oh my god of (laughs) I see it now I get it Uh, wow why didn't I see that before and that's called intuition now Intuition sometimes is referred to as a sixth sense, and in many ways it is that, because it doesn't arrive through physical sense and sensation. It arrives as a, a kind of a light, whether a dawning or a light bulb or to be, you know, the dawning, anything from a dawning through being thunderstruck, right? you you've got three options it can occur to you slowly, the dawning of a new idea, the archetype of the light bulb is well known oh, boing, 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 I got it I see, now I know what to do I know the outcome now I can begin to move toward it once I know what I want I can figure out what to do if not logically, through intuition and to open ourselves to this light to this enlightening experience, and it feels like you know what it feels like it feels like oh i see <laughs> i see now it was here all along but for some reason i wasn't able to see it well that reason is anxiety stress uh, apprehension worry doubt negativity and uh you know the big f word fear bottom line that's what confuses us and uh so the antidote would be relaxation and feeling safe we're going to use again surprise surprise altered states the alpha brainwave level uh, Buddha awareness Christ consciousness the alpha brainwave state we call it paradise thinking here in uh, Maui and uh, a brain researcher again would call it the alpha brainwave state we're shooting for 10 cycles brainwaves at 8 to 12 cycles and the doorway opens in that level of mind between awake and asleep states of deep relaxation that lower our resistance to intuition to insight, to awareness and understanding to that light that allows you to see what's inside you, the answers are already there uh, I'm personally of the mind that life with a capital L will never give you a problem that does not have the solution unfolded within it the game is rigged I I, I know it doesn't always look that way but I feel real strongly that every problem contains the seeds of its own solution and the game life plays with you is to get you to find the solution find the solution, realize it and grow And that's why when we stop setting proactive goals and initiating action steps toward goals that we've chosen proactively, then life will conjure up a set of problems to get us to move into the very areas that we were most afraid to move in. And I know that's scary and frustrating to be dragged, kicking and screaming into the parts of our life that are most frightening. But you have to remember that the parts of our lives that are the most frightening feel that way only because these are the areas that we know the, less, the least about that's what makes them frightening it's ignorance and confusion and so of course it's scary what are you afraid of? I don't know, that's the point <laughs> that's what fear is, it's what you don't know so where better to go when you're confused but directly into the heart of darkness, right into your fear. And that's where the light is found, in the center of the darkness. Okay, It's not just follow your heart, it's follow your heartache and move directly into your fear. No doubt you've heard me say a number of times, those of you who have been with me for a while, this epiphany I had 10 or 12 years ago, sitting in meditation one day for no particular reason wasn't very goal oriented and just forming in my mind was this awareness that became very clear aha! just popped into my head the best parts of you Michael are hidden where you're most afraid to look and suddenly it became so obvious the whole game that life was playing with me and as I have since then learned to face my fear, and to use altered states to move directly into the heart of darkness, the scariest places in my life. Uh, That's where the insight and the understanding is. That's where you find the light. It's always darkest before the dawn. Head for the darkest part of your life. It will set you free. And there you will discover not only the answer to the problem you're looking for, and in the sense of today's class, more options and more choices and more solutions to help you make the decision which goal, which solution, which answer do I want to begin to move toward. I mean, sometimes just to have the answer is enough. You do an exercise like one of the three you'll learn today and you get the aha and that's it. You just go do it. Problem solved. But many times it just put your feet directly on a path of action steps that now that i have the goal in mind i'm going to begin to move toward it it's going to take a little a little while but how odd how paradoxical again that we would find the brightest of light in the darkest of places and find our if you will salvation can i use a word like that in the places that scare us the most and uh, Again, paradox is truth. So, decision-making. Session number five in our little six-part mini-series called Fly, Feeling Like Yourself, is decision-making. Next week, by the way, we'll wrap it up and uh, talk about peak performance. And maybe even a little about pain control and healing, but we did do a program about four or five months ago i think on accelerated healing and pain control so we'll reference it and you can check it out in the archives at your leisure if you have an interest there too so peak performance sort of rounds it out the first three in this mini six-part series are emotional intelligence four and five today being class five is mental intelligence and then six is physical peak performance. Isn't that interesting? Three on the emotions, two on the mind, one on stepping out in the world and taking action. You can see where the need is greatest. Okay. Even today, most people hear a phrase like personal development, they think of physical training. And then secondly, maybe, maybe, mental training, but emotional training, emotional intelligence. that's new to most people that's what makes you folks really really so special and why I really value not only that you're here but that you share this information with your friends in so many different ways so that's the premise there's really only two problems now again there's got to be a three yeah you know me well enough most of you that of all people to talk about only two ways right when I've been demonized throughout my career by this either or mentality that we all suffer when we're stressed or frightened it's fight or flight, everything is black or white, are you with us or against us us or them, if a danger is clear and present, that's adequate your body will just take over and yet most of our stresses in Anxieties are not danger, they're just things confusing and unknown. And so, fight or flight is not the best place, not a good place at all, to be making these important management decisions and looking at the variations and combinations and permutations of this and that. And all of those middle choices is what we mean by... third way or the middle way you find this in philosophy quite a bit and once you find the third way of course that includes the fourth variation and the fifth permutation and the sixth choice and the seventh option and the eighth possibility and now you've, you've broken it all open so that concept in and of itself is a very very important concept So what do we mean? If I'm saying there's only two kinds of problems, must there be a third category? Uh, Yeah. So if if the two basic kinds of problems that I'm proposing in this paradigm are, number one, I do know what I want. I know the goal or the solution. I just don't know how to get there or get it or make it happen. And then the only other kind of problem would be, well, I don't know what I want. I don't know the solution. I don't know the goal. I wouldn't know it if if I already had it. It might be right here in front of me. Not only attainable, something I've already got, and I wouldn't even recognize it. What about that kind of problem? Well, those are the extremes. Those are the poles. And the third would be, well, what if I fall in the middle? What if I sort of know what I want? Kind of a little bit, you know, but not really. Well, Keep in mind, and we discussed this last week, if you haven't heard it yet, be sure you listen to it. Listen to all six of these. Listen to as many of these as you can. When you know what you want, you begin to move toward it with the highest level of positive thinking and with the listing technique that we talked about last week from the It Works book by RHJ. If you fall anywhere in the middle, presume that what little you know of the goal or the solution, the result or outcome that you desire is sufficient to begin to do this work that we describe in lesson number four here, the problem solving, to the mirror of the mind, which is the law of attraction, and the it works book, which is the list, are well you know, one normal beta level consciousness, the list, one alpha consciousness, the visualization, the guided imagery, the mirror of the mind, the law of attraction. And if in doing those two techniques, making the list and visualizing yourself already having it, then you realize, no, this is just too vague. This is not specific enough. Then your fallback position would be the same as what we're going to talk about today. What if I have no idea what I want? Not the foggiest or vaguest idea. Okay. So yes, I'm saying there's only two kinds of problems, but of course, as in all things, there is a middle, which is, well, what if I sort of know what I want? Well, assume that you do, and try the techniques from the problem-solving session we talked about last week, number five, and you'll know right away if it's too vague. You'll have that feeling, like your awareness is, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I did, but I guess I really don't know what I want, and then you fall back to me. Is uh, what we're going to talk about today. Okay? So, decision making. Today is the second kind of problem, the other extreme. I haven't got the farthest idea what I want. Okay? Not only do I not know what to do, I don't know where I'm headed. I have no goal or solution in mind. Now, what do we do with this problem? Right? Well, We have to really break this into a couple of categories too. bifurcate this as well. Usually, if we don't know what we want, it's because we haven't seen enough choices. There is such a thing as being overwhelmed by too many choices. And in that case, although it's fairly rare in the real world, too many choices, but in that case, what we need to do is categorize and prioritize and break our choices down into manageable bite-sized pieces and just do one thing at a time. This is a very important principle in organizational management, any kind of organization, Um, whether you're running a business or just trying to organize your office space or your kitchen or something is uh, or or maybe you go into a restaurant with an enormous menu, a huge menu. you go into Baskin Robbins or some ice cream store that's got thirty, forty different flavors of ice cream and you go, Oh no, it's just too hard. You know, so w- whether it's significant or trivial, categorize, prioritize, and break things down into tiny bite sized pieces. That works well with the food allegory there and do one thing at a time. Basic organizational management. Categorize, prioritize, break it down into bite-sized pieces. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? That old joke. So That's that's the approach here. An example would be that ice cream store. Let's say I'm sort of in the mood for chocolate, and of all these flavors, I see that uh, eight are... uh, different kinds of chocolate, and I decide, yeah, you know, I'm also in the mood for nuts, like walnuts or macadamia nuts or pecans, I don't know, I'm sort of in a nutty mood, and and I see that uh, seven different kinds of ice cream have nuts, and three have chocolate and nuts, well, now I've gone from 50 kinds of ice cream to 10 to 8 to 3, you see. So now I choose from the three. It's much easier. That's basically how you order from a menu anyway. We we think we're ordering what we want. What we do when we use logic, deduction, as I've just suggested here, is basically eliminate what you know you do not want. You see, you look at a menu, you think you're ordering what you want, but you're really eliminating what you don't want. You get it down to two or three things, and then you choose one from there. That's decision making through logic, through reductionist, deductive, take apart thinking. But you gotta have a menu in front of you, or too many choices in front of you to do that. What if you have no idea? This is our core approach today. Problem number two, I don't have the foggiest idea. It's not even that I'm confused and don't know what I want because I have too many choices. What about if I don't have enough? What if I don't have any? What if I don't even know where to begin? Okay. Well, we're going to offer you three options today. And interestingly, at least I think, two of them are going to have to do with sleep and dreams. So I want to talk to you a little about sleep and dreams. Okay. And then we'll talk about We'll bring it back home to this idea of decision-making when we have a problem, and not only do we not know what to do about it, we don't even know what direction to head. Imagine yourself in the center of a circle, and the solution is on the periphery of the circle. It determines your direction. You need to have an outcome often we find ourselves in the situation of needing to move off dead center so we just jump out of the middle of the circle and run in any direction as if moving away from what we don't want but that strategy isn't going to work for long soon you have to decide what you do want and begin to move toward it. I don't know why this kind of critical thinking is not discussed in schools more, especially grade school at an early age but I have a bachelor's degree and from a major university and except for a little bit of philosophy in high school and a Scotia philosophy uh, in uh, college uh, I was never taught to think critically either and yet here I have this degree, big deal You know, it's almost like really a topic for another show because maybe I could answer that question about why critical thinking is not taught but it would be too much of a diversion today suffice to say that knowing what you don't want and moving away from it is not a solution to a problem think about that note takers, write it down moving away from what I do not want may be a first step but Rarely is it adequate to solving a problem. We have to know what we do want and move toward it. And that means we need to see more choices. And that's decision-making, and that's today's class in our Mystery School webinar here. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to give you three choices, (laughs) three tools or techniques for deciding what you want, for dreaming up an outcome, a goal, for creating your own menu, so to speak two of them have to do with sleep and dreams so let's talk a little about sleep Okay, here we are the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School like the mystery schools of all cultures from time on a mind teaching people how to use altered states of expanded awareness yet sleep is a state of expanded awareness but unfortunately the conscious mind is unconscious During that time. So it's sort of a double bind. I mean, how do we get access to it? Well, sometimes when you wake up from a deep sleep, or even a light sleep, you can remember what the subconscious mind was thinking while the conscious mind was off. And those are called dreams. And yes, there is such a thing as a lucid dream which is being aware of the fact that you're dreaming while you're dreaming, even though you're <laughs> your conscious mind is off and you're sound asleep, you are unconscious to the world, right? Saw and Z's. Uh, you can have that remarkable experience of lucidity, of clearness, of oh my God, I know I'm asleep, but I'm dreaming and yet Here I am aware of the dream while I'm dreaming. We'll touch on that a little today. But you can learn to incubate a dream. To incubate a dream. To program that you will have a dream that will contain information to help you solve a particular problem. And this has been understood in the mystery schools from time out of mind. I learned to do this 35 years ago in a self-hypnosis class. And that's just no excuse for everybody not at this point incubating dreams programming dreams and considering sleep as an altered state of expanded awareness as well so you have wide awake you have meditation which my partner Steve Snyder calls narrow awake which is a state of expanded awareness because of the narrow but passionate and lucid focus and then Considering that sleep is an altered state as well, an even more focused state where we can have lucid dreams, but maybe more to the point. As we go to sleep, we can program or give suggestions to ourselves, incubate that during the night, during the unconscious sleep, the subconscious mind or the so-called higher self through the subconscious will give you the information you're looking for. It will reveal it to you free from the clutter of the monkey mind that accompanies a high-stress, overstimulated waking state. And it's clear, and you'll see it, and often wake up with a dream that contains exactly the information you were looking for, plus that wonderful aha feeling of confirmation, the rush of, oh my God, this is it, this is it. And you know what I'm talking about? You had the experience in your life but it was spontaneous, I'll bet. And to learn to you know, access on demand this kind of wisdom or insight, full understanding, and do it through dreaming? Pretty cool. So, let's spend just a couple of minutes talking about dreams. We'll come back and revisit this topic too. But I'd like to propose that you go to sleep in the same conscious way that you've learned to go to a meditative level, in the same way that you are learning each of you to be more mindful and aware in the waking state, so-called wide awake, such a thing as being wide awake and in the world and of the world, and such a thing as being wide awake and yet mindful as if also narrow awake, you see focus, looking through the spyglass with magnification and expanded awareness and focus, that's called mindfulness and it's it's about detachment, not dissociation it's the bigger picture that you get when you take a step back that's available through dreams and so sleep is an altered state and why not go into the sleep state consciously every night and give ourselves suggestions as we fall asleep, just as we give ourselves suggestions and affirmations in the meditative state, you see. This is fertile ground. So I'd like to propose to you a little three-step technique. It's very easy. Play with it. Have fun with it. Make it your own. That uh, you can tack on to your evening prayers if you have a little... um, Ritual or ceremony where you reorient yourself as a spiritual being uh, every night as you uh, as you go to bed and you say your prayers, tack this little three-step thing on the end of that. Or if you have no prayer-like ritual uh, or ceremony, then do this in its place. And here are the three steps. First of all, and all of these are optional, you can mix and match, but the first is to set a mental alarm clock to tell yourself what time you're going to wake up so that you can wake up naturally without a mechanical or electrical alarm clock scaring the bejesus out of you in the, middle of <laughs> in the middle of deep sleep. I mean, it is called an alarm clock, after all. Is that the best way to wake up with alarm and surprise and fear? No, it's not. Wouldn't it be nice if every day you could wake up naturally? Whether you had four hours or six or eight hours or ten or twelve hours, you know. uh, Sunday, hopefully you woke up today, naturally and normally, without an alarm clock. And you just allowed yourself to sleep. Well, you can program yourself seven days a week to wake up at any time you want. Here's how. And if you think this is crazy and you don't believe me, just do it. And it might take two or three times, but... I don't know anybody that didn't that was not able to get this up and running in three nights with a little bit of practice. All you do is close your eyes, take a breath, relax. It's easy. You don't have to do any induction to get into altered states because you're already tired. You're sleepy. You're, you're in bed. You're laying down. You're going to sleep. you puffed up the pillows. You're all snubbly and warm. And you visualize in your mind's eye with your physical eyelids closed, of course. An old-fashioned wind-up alarm clock. It can't be digital. It's got to have a face with hands on it. And it's set to whatever time it is. In fact, if you're not sure, open your eyes, look at the clock or your watch or whatever, and then close your eyes again and visualize in your mind's eye this old-fashioned alarm clock reading the exact time. And then without physically moving, just imagine yourself turning the minute hand of that clock in your mind's eye around and around and around slowly. The hour hand follows, of course, until you get to the time that you want to wake up in the morning. So let's say you go to bed at midnight, and you want to wake up at 7.30. So you look at the clock before you close your eyes. Oh, yeah, it's almost exactly midnight. Yeah, okay, whatever. Maybe it's 10 after, 12 after, whatever.
1: Close your eyes.
0: Visualize an old-fashioned alarm clock all wound up and ticking. and It says that precise time. And then you set it. You reach out, not physically, but just in your imagination, and move that minute hand around. So 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4, 5, keep going all the way around, 7, 30... And then pull the imaginary pin on the back of that clock and tell yourself that this is what time you're going to wake up in the morning. That's part one. Part two, just keep going. Psych up for the next day. This is especially important if you take naps and you just have 20 or 30 minutes or even 5 or 10 minutes. Tell yourself how you're going to feel when you wake up. Have you ever noticed when you lay down to sleep or take a nap and You tell yourself, it's not enough time. I'm going to probably feel horrible when I wake up, and then you do. Maybe that had less to do with you predicting it than you programming it. What if you, every time you went to sleep, whether for a half an hour or a full night, you said, and when I wake up in the morning, I'll feel great, wide awake and alert, can't wait to get the coffee or teapot going and pop in the shower, and, oh, I'm going to wear that new shirt or outfit today, and, oh, what a great day it's going to be. I get to have lunch with so-and-so. It's going to be Thursday, and, oh, it's Friday. It's payday, and get the weekend ahead or even on a Monday morning, you know, and I've got that meeting that I hate every Monday morning, well make the best out of it you know, maybe so and so will be in a better mood and and maybe they'll listen to this idea that I have or whatever it happens to be, psych up, you can do it, you know how fast thoughts are you can do it in a matter of moments just psych up for the next day, and then thirdly, tell yourself that you're going to remember and understand one of your dreams and then allow yourself to fall asleep. Okay. So the three steps are set the mental alarm clock and tell yourself that's when you're going to wake up feeling fine, rested, refreshed, enthusiastic. Step two is psyching up for the next day. And step three, I'll remember and understand one of my dreams. And have a dream journal and a pen on the table next to your bed. And Keep it sacred. Don't put anything in the dream journal except your dreams. And don't use the pen for anything except writing dreams. Consecrate it. Imbue it with attitude. Care about it. Treat your dreams as special. And subconsciously go, oh, I see. They're important. Now, I, I didn't know they were important, so we weren't bothering to remember them for you. But now we can with a little practice, second night, third night, you'll be amazed how well the mental alarm works, how well the psych-up for the next day works, and you will begin to remember your dreams. Now, the first of the three problem-solving, or in a sense, decision-making techniques that goes with today's class is to change part three just a little bit. After a couple of weeks of practicing setting the mental alarm, psyching up for the next day, and telling yourself that you will remember one of your spontaneous dreams when you wake up in the morning. You change part three a little bit. So that you still set the mental alarm and psych up for the next day. But now you're going to say to yourself, and in the morning when I wake up, I will remember and understand a dream that contains information to help me solve this problem that I have in mind. And fall asleep imagining how wonderful it will feel to have a solution, even though you have no idea what it is. Just lead with the affect. Put a little smile on your face. Go off to dreamland. Sandman touches you and off you go. Betty-bye. Go to sleep. Put a little smile on your face. Always think positively. When <laughs> take your daydreams into your night Okay, That's very, very important. And lo and behold, you'll begin to get dream fragments and full dreams and entire cinemagraphic uh, 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 uh movies and you know these incredible epics of uh, uh of dreams that you remember that yes, will contain information to either solve or help you solve the problem you have in mind. The second of today's three decision making techniques is very similar it involves sleep but not dreams and this is an old hypnosis technique, it's a couple hundred years old I think again like most wisdom probably in one form or another as old as time itself the mystery schools of of Egypt and Tibet and and Greece uh, taught uh, these sleep and dream skills um, way way back so really nothing new under the sun especially when it comes to the ageless wisdom this is called the glass of water technique that's how I learned it anyway it does have other names it's basically a way of suggesting that without needing to remember a dream you'll wake up with the idea you're looking for in mind and the way I was taught is the glass of water technique was simply take a big glass of water into bed with you and uh, just before you go to sleep, you clear your mind, take a breath, relax, sit up, and drink half of the glass of water, saying to yourself, as you do, that this is the solution you're drinking, you see, and that when you uh, wake up in the morning, you'll finish this glass of water, leaving half on the table, and the information you're looking for to help you make this decision, what do I want? Will come to mind. Will just pop into your awareness, not through logic or figuring it out, but just, oh, gee, I just, oh, what a great idea! Right. So you wake up in the morning, and you might even have forgotten that you did that. But here's the half a glass of water sitting on the table next to your bed as a reminder, and you go, oh yeah, let's let's see, and you sit up in bed, let's see what we came up with. Take a breath clear your mind and finish the half a glass of water left over from the night before you'll be amazed again it might be a gradual dawning it might be the light bulb popping on and you might be just thunderstruck by lightning that illumines the landscape and forevermore changes things in your life And you may get all of the information, and you may just get bits and pieces of the information, but it's all good, and it's all valuable. And the glass of water technique may work better for you than remembering the dream. And you can still do the first two parts, set the mental alarm and psych up for the next day, and then substitute glass of water for the dream incubation. So there's two ways to tap directly into the subconscious mind through sleep and dreams and programming your dreams even if you don't remember the dream to reveal information direct from the higher self through the subconscious direct from your soul self if you will which again created the problem but put the solution inside every problem consider you don't have to believe me just consider it and play with it what if every problem in your life was guaranteed to have the seeds of its resolution, of its solution, enfolded within it, as, as every fruit contains the seeds to replicate itself. We, we see a pattern here. And then the third technique, probably the most popular of the three for dealing with, I need more choices, Michael. I need to make a decision here. I need to decide what direction to move in. I'm moving away from what I don't want. It's time for me to begin to move toward what I do want in a very clear and specific way. Well, the third technique for decision making that I will suggest to you today is simply called spirit guides, the spirit guide technique. And again, from time out of mind, from all the cultures and all the mystery schools, the idea of a daemon. Now, I'm going to share with you, this is you know, why it's called Mystery School. This is where the word demon comes from. But when it was called a daemon, D-A-E-M-O-N, and Plato talked about having a daemon all the time, D-A-E-M-O-N, that's the higher self whispering to you or showing you little pictures. Some people are auditory, some are visual, You might get new ideas as voices, you might get them as pictures, you might just get a feeling in your body if you're kinesthetic, maybe all three. But the old Greeks and the Roman sages to some extent referred to these aspects of higher self, of the oversoul, as the daemon. Interestingly, in the Middle Eastern cultures, the Arabian, ancient Arabian cultures, uh, these spirits were called jinns, they still are a jinn. And just like daemon has become demon and real negative, jinn's have become a negative thing in the Arab culture as well. Although there have always been good jinn's, the genie is the jinn in the bottle. In fact, the word genius comes from genie, comes from jinn. Okay. And again, here we see in a completely different culture the idea That there is a positive spirit that imbues us with light and allows us to, you know, it's it's not God, but as Plato said, the soul shares the ground of God, of the one life, of the absolute. So it's another little piece, right? And uh, so the spirit guide technique is invoking that Jin, invoking that genius, invoking that daemon standing receptive to the higher self and uh, this can also be thought of simply as the oracle technique you can give face and form to an individual in your mind's eye and this is what our guided imagery exercise will do today the spirit guide technique the third of these three I'm offering you here today and uh, you can give it a face and a form, as I'll instruct, or you can just see this, this faceless voice or these pictures that come into your mind. However it works for you is fine. That's what the oracle was about. You know, Whether it was the oracle to Apollo at Delphi in ancient Greece or any one of a number of other oracles used by shamans and cultures all around the world, it's basically... You may do some fasting and meditation and preparation and a few other rituals, maybe paying homage to a god or um, putting um, financial donation to that particular religion or, or cult or whatever you want to call it. But once you get inside the oracle, whether you're with a priest, a priestess, or more often yourself, you enter into an altered state. You ask the question and you sit and wait for the answer. Uh, this is one of the odd things about prayers of petition that we see in the West a lot is people will sort of close their eyes and dial up God and push the send button, submit a list, a petition, but they don't wait for the answer. They want signs. You when know. <laughs> well, they could just sit quietly and wait for their intuition to show them the light to reveal the insight and the uh aha and it does feel divinely inspired Uh, so and the idea that it doesn't have to come from God itself is also in religion Catholics for example pray to saints and the Virgin Mary and ancestors and the Chinese have ancestor worship, shamanism ancestor worship it's not uncommon to pray to lesser gods so to speak, even though uh you know these same people will tell you ultimately there is but one God, sort of like the Brahman Atman thing in Hinduism, you know again, another topic for another show, but the Brahman is like the nameless entirety the godhead of all things, and Atman is um sort of the father aspect of God or the the over soul the the totality of all souls and all points of view and all perspectives so uh, trying to stay focused just on the topic and I have such an interest in all these other areas uh, so exciting as I think about the opportunities in the upcoming weeks to use this program to really speak to the more esoteric and philosophical stuff Steve and I through the Finding Yourself in Paradise audio program, a uh, bridge more into the personal development, touching on the spiritual. So, one of the distinction, uh, primary distinctions between these two podcasts for you. So, uh, let me call your attention again to the submission box. If you're listening live on the web, we'll refresh that. Um, talk about any questions or comments that you may have, and then. Uh, before we run out of time here at the bottom of the hour. We're just coming up on the top of uh, the hour. it be uh, almost 2 o'clock West Coast time, coming up on 5 o'clock in the East, coming up on 21 hours GMT. And, uh, again, we never go longer than uh, 90 minutes. So we'll have plenty of time to do that guided imagery exercise. All right, so uh, if you put your uh, at least first name... And the city where you're listening to the program today into the box at the bottom of the page. And just above it, a little question or comment. Uh, I'd appreciate that. Everybody likes to hear from you. And uh, let me do a couple of things here real quick. And then we'll go to this. First of all, John in Pittsburgh, who I don't think has missed one of these classes in uh about the eight months or so we've been doing it, says, hello, good day, Michael, hello, John, in Pittsburgh, in uh, Irvine, Kasha, says, uh, hello, Michael, uh, great to hook up with you in real time, once again, yeah, reference to the radio program, hey, who remembers radio back, <laughs> back in the day? Gosh, I get uh, emails every once in a while. I always enjoy getting them from people that I used to work with in radio, and uh, it's so sad. All this, all these talented people, and all these jobs have been eliminated. You know, I I left radio twenty years ago. Some of these people have been hanging in and doing their best, but this is one of the evils of over over centralization in our economy, and. if there's six thousand radio stations with six thousand program directors, we're much more likely to be served with diverse and antagonistic news, information, music, entertainment, whatever. But if only five corporations own all six thousand, you're gonna have five program directors and five basic radio stations and that's what we're down to. And that's why it's so sad and you can drive from city to city and you're the same people no matter where you go so about 90 percent of radio people have lost their jobs in the last uh, 15 years or so imagine that 90 percent of radio people out of work because of over centralization and you are not served by that so kasha thanks for remembering the radio days Robert in Irvine says aloha and uh, good afternoon. Aloha, Robert. One of you guys should remind me, I'll I'll make it a point to remember to talk more about the mysticism of Hawaii and, and what I'm learning about the kahuna, the huna tradition and words like aloha and the incredible richness of meaning in a word like aloha or even mahalo, which is thank you, but it's, it's more than thank you. It's a deep and profound gratitude uh, that connects everything to everything. And, of course, aloha is the same thing. It's not just hello or goodbye or chill out, be peaceful. And uh, it's like, it's a lot like namaste, uh, namaste or namaste, namaste which is, I, I greet the violet flame, I greet the God in you, rather than your personality. Aloha is the same thing, it's a acknowledgement of the presence of that which is divine and sacred in all things, in all things. the Habra, Carol's with us again, saying hello to Michael and Dreen, hi Carol, hello to you. And uh, in Lancaster, up in the high desert, north of Los Angeles, uh, Brian says, hi, says, uh, hello, and howdy, enjoying the program. And uh, let's see, especially the insight on dreams. Sometimes dreams are wiser than being awake and sending good vibes. Thanks, Brian, appreciate that. Let me refresh. Angelica in Inglewood. Finally made it to your live teleconference. Looking forward to speaking with you, Michael. And thanks so much for your insight. Well, thank you, Angelica. It's one of my favorite names, Angel. Angelica. Angela. Beautiful name. And in Brea, California, guitar guru and good friend Dave Murdy. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for the beautiful card. Glad you liked the CD. Dave Dave sent me a CD last year of his uh, guitar music, in Christmas tunes, and this year it was a more eclectic uh, collection, but David, I really loved it, Uh, burned it into iTunes, and have it on my iPod, and uh, your finger stylings are amazing. I can play finger pick guitar, but I I play patterns, (laughs) you know, it's one of the secrets, you just play a pattern over and over, and it's like the... The mouth harp, you can't hit a wrong note, you know, if you just play chords and finger picking. But Dave's more along the, the line. He can do everything. He does rock and roll, classical, everything in between. And uh, Dave, we ought to find a way to promote your CD on here. It's really good. And uh, nice to see you online with us this afternoon as well. So, I will do that again before I leave. Uh, before we we end, if you'd like to continue to use that submission box you may, you can also email me at your leisure at mb, my initials at theagelesswisdom.com mb at theagelesswisdom.com and I do all the email at that location I'll be happy to get back to you Okay, so thanks to each of you for that All right, let's do our guided imagery exercise. Again, this is Lesson 5 of our six-session FLY program, Feeling Like Yourself. Last week was problem-solving, and that's for those situations where you do know what you want, you just don't know how to get there or get it or make it happen. Review that program at your leisure. And this week, the compliment decision-making will, hey, Michael, what if I don't know what I want? You know, how can I visualize it? use that law of attraction if I don't know what I want to attract you know how do I uh, how do I use that listing technique from the works book by RHJ and write down everything I want if I don't know what I want I need more choices remember if the problem is too many choices basic organizational management categorize prioritize break it down into bite sized pieces and make your decision or do one thing at a time But in the majority of cases, we don't know what to do because we don't know what we want and we don't know what we want because we don't have enough choices. And uh, logic is not going to help. Logic is not very creative. It's not intuitive. It's not inductive. It's not standing open and receptive to the light that floods in when you close your eyes, take a breath, relax, and dare to feel safe. And I know, I know that there are people, the majority of people probably, that don't feel safe. Feeling safe, that feeling safe is scary, and their idea of feeling safe is to be afraid. That I'd rather that fears how I know I'm safe. Well, I'm really not, but I'd rather feel afraid than try to find safety in my fear than allow myself to really feel safe because that's just too scary. If that's confusing it's because it is confusing. It's backwards. It's jabberwocky. It's upside down and inside out. Uh, Thinking of scary things, ignorance and fear can be a path to safety. But feeling safe is the way to feel safe. And here's how to do it. Provided this is a good time for you. Get comfortable. Pump pump up the pillows. Get in that special easy chair. You can lay down if you want. might fall asleep. That wouldn't be the worst thing that could happen. But try to sit erect in a nice comfortable chair. And close your eyes. And take a nice slow deep breath. And then after holding for just a moment exhale just as slowly and then all the way out all the way, all the way and then do it again slowly, slowly inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose or the mouth as you feel the letting go and you could do that a third or a fourth or even a fifth if you'd like, but just a couple of slow deep breaths is great and then allow your breathing to find its own rhythm, to find its own cadence as you begin to imagine yourself walking down the staircase going deeper and becoming more and more relaxed And agreeing with my words, though you are always free to disagree, you always have free will at every level of mind. But choosing to affirm my suggestions, allow yourself to feel safer and safer. Because you are in charge, you have free will. You are not your thoughts, and you are certainly not my thoughts or words you are the part that could choose to agree or disagree with your thoughts or mine and be that higher self as you continue to feel yourself moving deeper becoming more and more relaxed, safer ah, and safer and at some point imagine yourself stepping off that staircase deeper now much more relaxed and moving out into a beautiful paradise uh, a garden an Eden a heavenly paradise and of course the feeling you're making it up is exactly the right feeling you are in control of the letting go you are in control of feeling safe and relaxed and in control of allowing yourself to experience your initial impressions of beauty whether you're high in a mountain, deep in a valley wandering through a warm sunny meadow or moving into a cool shady forested place wherever you happen to be connect with nature Make it a perfect day, warm but not too hot. Feel the warmth of the sun and the coolness of the breezes. Allow my voice to go with you as you also hear birds singing and the wind in the trees. And find a place to sit, whether beside a little stream or a pond or a Shady spot beneath a big tree in the middle of a sunny meadow. Dream it up, sit upon the earth, and feel rooted or connected to the earth. Feel grounded, plugged in, like a like you imagine a tree or a bush, a flower might feel to have roots into the earth. As you sit gently upon it and sense your connection to all that lives here. But not through any effort, simply by allowing yourself to experience the beauty and the peace. And to reflect for just a few moments on nature and how natural it feels to sit in nature natural no freeways no buildings not a cement slab anywhere just sitting on the ground with plants growing all around you and animals running through the fields and burrowing into the ground flying through the air swimming through the seas the lakes and the rivers life exploding out of the mineral kingdom the plant kingdom exploding beyond the plant kingdom the animal kingdom and as caretaker the human kingdom drawn out of all the lower kingdoms, for we are mineral and plant and animal and human and more spirit above us. Other kingdoms, kingdoms of spirit, inner kingdom that you can access when you come to such a peaceful place. And your attention is directed on the mind's eye in the middle of the brows. You can come here for three or four minutes at a time or for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour or longer. It's totally up to you at any given session. But for our purposes here today, I'd like you to imagine that you're looking up the path that brought you to this point and on the horizon you see just now coming toward you some distance away but moving slowly in your direction a single individual notice their gait notice their gender and their clothing as slowly they approach you and become more clear in your mind's eye get a sense of their age as well as gender, clothing the way they walk and their overall appearance and again the the feeling of making this up by allowing your first impression to just flow no no second guessing necessary well that's exactly the right feeling as this person approaches and you may stand to greet them or simply with a gesture invite them to sit with you you can also adjust the time of day it could be early in the morning, midday twilight sunset could be evening, and maybe you throw another log on the fire as the two of you sit and perhaps share a drink of water as you welcome this traveler who, regardless of age and gender and appearance, you now understand is a very wise person, a sage. And you look at their face carefully for distinguishing characteristics so that you'll be able to remember and call upon this counsel anytime you wish, giving face and form to your own higher self and making it easier for you to relate to your spiritual potential. As it is worked out in the instrument of form and flesh here on earth. For in a sense, you are that which bridges the two worlds. You sit at the center, consciously receptive to above, causative to below. And I'd like you to think of a question, a query problem that is of the type we discussed today where we just don't know what solution what answer what goal outcome or result we're looking for got no idea and choose the first that pops into your mind and present it now silently that is internally in your imagination experience yourself saying as if out loud to this sage hey I have a question for you I've been wondering and then state your problem the one that needs a solution you're not even asking how to get there yet we're asking what is there what would you do if you were me what do you think I should do especially since you represent my my higher self and my own best interests and then be quiet for a few moments and look and listen, ask now having chosen this one particular situation, you can repeat this with other problems in the future but for now ask for help for insight as you would If you could face the wisest man or woman that you could imagine, help. Not what do I do, but what direction do I move? What kind of outcome would resolve this? And while I remain quiet, listen and look. The feeling you're making it up is exactly right if you allow it to happen. In honor of the dawning, the insight, maybe it's just a little bit of information, ask a follow-up question, well, then what would I do, or what can you tell me that I don't seem to understand yet? that you're just making this up is exactly right but notice how clearly the information comes in these safe calm quiet and peaceful states it's not all blended in with 1500 voices shouting at us like normal consciousness ask again Well, tell me more it's a great question just ask this sage this saint this wiser more experienced individual tell me more about what I could do have and be and then listen tell me more maybe a final question about what would be a really good first action step if I choose this particular goal or solution this result and begin to move toward it what would be a good first action step and watch and listen take your time when you do this on your own you can pace it you will be asking the questions you will conceive of the follow up questions be patient sometimes it takes as long as 20 or 30 seconds for the sage for your spirit guide to respond honor and respect the time they take repeat the exercise as many times and for as long in a given session as you wish. For as many problems as fit this particular type. I don't know what I want. It's not only that I don't know what to do about this problem. I don't even know where I'm going. I, I don't have a direction in mind. you'll also have the dream incubation and the glass of water technique that we talked about today and can listen to this lesson repeatedly this is not a skill you develop, you already have this skill, it's just a matter of honoring yourself and respecting that you have access to this higher potential, you can tap into it it's already here it's not development so much as simple discovery realization and before you take leave of this beautiful place and the wise counsel of this sage thank them whether you see them as a guardian angel a spirit guide or a face and form given to your own higher self perhaps it matters not Express your gratitude and your appreciation. And again, take one more look at those distinguishing facial characteristics so that you can easily remember the sage anytime you wish to repeat the exercise. And having expressed your gratitude, see them turn and slowly walk away knowing they'll always be here anytime you call upon them in this place of perfect peace following my voice, reorient yourself feel the chair, sofa, cushion the floor you may be sitting upon remember the room around you tell yourself it'll be easy to remember this exercise And take a slow breath. And as you exhale, open your eyes now wide awake, alert, rested, and refreshed. Remember this experience so you can repeat it any time you need to make a decision. You need more choices before you can decide what to do. You need to have a there there. And listen to this again in concert with number four, the problem solving technique four and five go together the way one, two and three go together, next week it's peak performance, tell your friends, pass these information uh, the, the information on through the email through the email invitation and invite people to the website, it's all archived at theagelesswisdom.com under web teleconference remember the T-H-E, theagelesswisdom.com click on homepage and then web teleconferences About two days before each event, the upcoming event will be posted right below it, the archive of all the past classes and webinars. And right in the middle, a cool little gadget you can use to forward by email links to any one or more of these classes to your friends and associates. You know people who are looking for this stuff. So share it by by topic with them. I guess is what I'm saying. Find a topic you think they might be especially interested in and use the gadget on the website to forward it to them. The com. under web teleconferences. And be sure to visit FocusPassion.com. Click on the button if you're on the web now that says Unleash Inner Peace and sign up for just 99 cents a week to FocusPassion.com with me and Steve. We'll podcast it to your directory and itunes or your other aggregator or you can listen as a download or streaming audio as well at focusedpassion.com okay have a wonderful week thanks so much for being here and as always be gentle love life and take care of each other from maui this is michael benner aloha